301-230-0980 is the number on the Ace Law listener line. If you're in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Make sure you call 8888-ACE-LAW. Question right now on the Ace Law listener lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. That stands for beside the point, not big time player. The way the two doofuses earlier said it. <laughs> and one of them's in here coughing and choking his lungs up. See, you blew your cover. But no. You can tweet at me with your best and worst picks of the Ron Rivera era. Um, I see all of you starting to get lined up on the phones here. Before we get to your calls, me and Anthony want to give you our best and worst picks of the Ron Rivera era. But even before we do that, talk about a tease, right? I want to look at some of the later round picks of the Ron Rivera era. And I want to go back to 2020, Ron's first draft. And, boy, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks. Eight picks in the 2020 draft. Three of them ended up being every down players for you. Cam Curl in the seventh, Antonio Gibson in the third, and then Chase Young, obviously your number one pick. But outside of that, not a lot to write home about in the 2020 class. The hyphen as Danny Rue likes to call him, James Smith-Williams, was your last pick at pick 229, defensive end out of NC State. He has been a serviceable backup. Seven career sacks, played well uh, in absence of Chase Young last year. Really good guy in the community. Can't say enough good things about James Smith-Williams. He is just an all-around damn good person. But... In the seventh round, that's what I expect you to draft. Someone that can be a depth piece, special teams, war daddy. Someone that can be a key backup for you. It's great. Cam Curl. Now, I remember Cam Curl from game number one. I believe Cam Curl's first NFL tackle was a tackle for loss. He blows up a screenplay in that 2020 game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Cam Curl has been a very pleasant surprise for this organization. And if it wasn't for his ridiculous reported contract demands, I would say that Cam Curl is one of those pieces that you build upon. Cam Curl is one of those foundational pieces that you want the rest of your guys to model themselves after. Seventh round pick, never let that discourage him, never let that stop his work ethic. I remember Jack Del Rio, and Anthony, tell me if you heard this story. So you remember 2020, um, they couldn't get everyone together right away, talking about the rookie class. A lot of their install happened on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is where Cam Curl really won the hearts of this Washington Commanders coaching staff, or then Washington football team coaching staff. He was on it. Knew his responsibilities, knew the other DB's responsibilities, and they're like, who is this smart-ass seventh-round rookie? Obviously it ends up being Cam Curl, and he played a lot of good football for this team. Their fifth-round pick in that draft, Khalid Cutson. Somebody that I absolutely love. If he was two inches taller, probably would be a starter on this football team. And one of the better players uh, at his position. Khalid Hudson has the speed. Khalid Hudson has the heart. Khalid Hudson has the mind. He is just physically challenged, as I will put it. He was a hybrid safety linebacker uh, in his college days at the University of Michigan. But I will continue to use this phrase to describe him. He is a war daddy. He is someone that You put him on special teams on your kickoff unit, and he runs down, and he smacks someone else in the face, and it sets the tone for your football team and for the game. 
He is somebody that I think in the fifth round, some teams draft starters in the fifth round, I would say. So I'll tread lightly with my Khalid Hudson praise. But solid piece, someone that you can build around, someone that does everything the right way, their fifth round pick, Keith Ishmael. We all know the story of Keith Ishmael. He was the one that took the pictures of Dwayne Haskins uh, in the strip club or at, at the the COVID event, the, the birthday party that Haskins had that ended up getting him cut. Keith Ishmael is the one that uh, recorded the video, so he is not only hot, but he doesn't play good football either. So there's that. That was their fifth-round pick in 2020. Antonio Gandy-Golden, their fourth-round pick in 2020. The Rubik's Cube Warrior, as I like to call him, ended up retiring. Was that this offseason or last offseason? Last offseason. He ends up retiring uh, out at training camp, so we know that pick turns into a bust. Sadiq Charles out of LSU, their fourth-round pick. Probably the most physically imposing offensive lineman that they have. Can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. He has been a bust up to this point. Their third-round pick in 2020, Antonio Gibson, the weapon. Remember, that's how he was advertised coming out? I continue to say it. Antonio Gibson has been so poorly utilized by both Scott Turner and Eric Bieniemy Because you're not going to find 6'2", 225 pounds running 4'3", it just doesn't fall off of trees, ladies and gentlemen. He is a special freak in terms of height, weight, speed. He's a free agent this offseason. Let me tell you this. If Washington feels like, if this new regime that comes in feels like he's not a part of the future, Antonio Gibson will 100% have a job next year. I still think he is one of the more dynamic players on this offense. So it took us a little while to get through the entirety of the 2020 class. Can I just grade the class? I'm going to do that. Just grade the 2020 class. I'd give it a C for the 2020 class. Your most impactful player is Cam Curl. Chase Young makes the class look bad because he's the number two overall pick and he's now no longer on your team. So I give the 2020 class a C, C minus. The rest of Jamin's class, very interesting. Sam Cosby in the second, St. Juice in the third, Diami in the third, John Bates in the fourth, Derek Forrest in the fifth. They traded up for Cameron Cheeseman in the sixth round. Just idiocy. Then they go three seventh-round picks. William Bradley King no longer on the roster. Shaka Tony no longer on the roster. And Dax Milne no longer on the roster. When I look at the 2021 class, I kind of get geeked up. It's a good class. If you take out Jamin being a first-round pick that can't get his option picked up, it's a good class. Cosme turns into a rotational offensive lineman is what I'll call him. I'm not as high on Sam Cosme as others are here in this market. I think – for someone to play the guard position and you can't anchor in the NFC East when you got big-ass defensive tackles, he is a liability for you. So I don't really buy Sam Cosme, but he's a serviceable player. Benjamin St. Juiced, rough year for my boy. Diami, did you see Diami tweet that he could play defensive back? I did. I didn't know. He's a clown, bro. What, was he watching? I don't know. I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't know. Diami thinks he can play defensive back. I think he needs to learn how to play wide receiver. Uh, before he tries to switch to defense. He was a third-round pick. Just think about other third-round picks across the league, right? Like, people hit on their third-rounders. They turn into starters, pro bowlers. Our third-rounders are just guys. Deami Brown pony, and St. Juice. Who? One-trick pony. One-trick pony. That's the that's the bad part about it, is he can only run deep. He was the pick in the third. John Bates in the fourth. They love John Bates over in Ashburn. Their best in-line blocking tight end. I think he does some really good things. Sure-handed dude. Another culture-setting guy that I really like. 
He's stealing snaps from Cole Turner. So that's my only beef with him is that he can't get on the field or is that he's getting on the field over Cole. But it has nothing to do with John. Their fifth-round pick, Derek Forrest. Anthony, we were talking about Defoe before the show started. If we took this year out of the equation, he may be a nominee for the best draft pick overall. But obviously, what was it, the first six games of this season, he just wasn't very good. Yeah, very much out of place. I think last season and even the year before that, Mm -hmm. when when he got his opportunities, he made the most of those opportunities. And this year, it was just more so him. I mean, really all of our safeties out of position all season long. It's not just, you know, him. It's just everybody. Everybody on the defense out of position. Yeah, I feel that. And it's crazy because he he dealt with a hamstring in his rookie year. And then last year, it's my first time ever being out at training camp. He jumps off the page immediately. And I'm thinking, man, do I know more than somebody else out here? Because that would have been my starting safety. Obviously, the injuries of uh, hampered Derek Forrest here in the early part of his career. Camp Cheeseman, I, we're talking about worst picks. The fact that we traded up for him and he can't even do the job right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That that may be my early nominee for worst pick. William Bradley King and Shaka Tony get involved in the gambling thing. Or was that just Shaka? I think it was just Shaka on the yeah, gambling thing. William Bradley King at Baylor. He was part of that Baylor program post Art Bryles where they like where they were turning things around and I think he played under Matt Rule. I thought he was going to be somebody. Never put the weight on, never turned into a legit pass rusher. Dax Milne, the best punt catcher in the world. That just it just is what it is. He was playing. Oh, he was Zach Wilson's number one wide receiver at BYU. I forgot about that. Mr. Fashion over men's himself. Dax Milne rounds out your 2021 class. I probably give that class a C plus. If I had to give it a grade and default really makes that grade skyrocket because I am high on him. I, th- I think they're a B minus B. Really? Now, why are you so high on maybe, this class? Maybe be my because if you take Jamin out. Well, if you take Jamin out, if yeah, that's that, her, that, if that's, that's how we do it, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. You, that's you what said, I said. If you exclude Jamin, <laughs> this, this class, class. Got geeked, so I, I would say B minus B. Yeah, I probably lean B minus to be honest. Benjamin St. Juice is the interesting one here because I think when a new regime comes in here and they see a six three corner that moves the way Juice does and is built like he is, there's a future for him in the National Football League. I just don't know if it's as the team's number one corner. I'm high on him. I saw a stat that always floats around on uh, the PFF Washington Twitter. and He leads the league in deflections because they throw at him all the damn time. I was about to say. That's, like, that just is what it is with that. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I'll go C-plus for this class. I think if you take Jamin out of it, it looks pretty damn good. Last year's class, Jahan Dotson leads that class. Then it gets into – and one of your nominees for the worst draft pick of the Ron Rivera era. And my man Jalen Morgan, bleeding burgundy and gold on Twitter, one of the better fan accounts out there, has been on Phil Mathis's line all year long. Big Phil, Big Phil follows a, a recent trend of just horrible, non-impactful second-round picks. Can I just list off some of the second-round picks here in the recent uh, history of Washington? Quan Martin this year, Phil Mathis, not very good. Sam Cosby, I just gave you my spiel on him. They didn't have a second rounder uh, in 2020 and in 2019. 2018 second round pick, Darius can't keep my hands off of women, guys. Uh, The 2017 second round pick, Ryan Anderson, somebody that they tried to play out of position, square peg into a round hole situation. Sewer Cravens the year before that. Preston Smith may be the best second round pick 
in the last decade for the Washington Commanders, and we all know how his career ended uh, here in D.C. doing darn good things, though, uh, with the Green Bay Packers. We're taking calls on this. In honor of Jamin Davis having season-ending surgery yesterday, what are the best and worst picks of the Ron Rivera era? 301-230-0980 is the number. We'll give our answers here real quick before we get to some of your calls. I'm going to say the worst pick of the Ron Rivera era has got to be Cameron Cheeseman. The fact that they traded up for a long snapper, and he's not the best long snapper in the league. Obviously, that's just high expectations, but he isn't a good long snapper at all. I think he's my worst pick. My best pick, my best pick of the Ron Rivera era, I would probably have to go, I'd probably have to go with Cam Curl. I really do like what Cam brings to the team. I do think he could be a culture-setting type of cat. I think he's super talented. I'm not paying him top five safety money, but he can get top 10, top 12 because he's a damn good football player. You have yours. I would definitely probably say Phil Mathis is the worst. And and maybe, you know, our second-round draft pick, you know, is cursed. Like, whoever we take in the second just doesn't seem to pan out. I might trade the second-round pick away this year. That's how we rocking, man. That's crazy. But I understood why they went out and got in field. You know, we had just lost Tim Settle. We cut Matt Ioannidis. But they shouldn't have. That, that, that's just another gaffe in Ron Rivera and them yeah. behalf. Why are you letting go of big, big Timmy Settle? Exactly. So, I mean, but my thing also with getting Phil in the second round, like he's a run stuff. He wasn't going to be like a three down. He was never a passer. Exactly. Right. So, I didn't like to pick there in the first place. I like right. I like, you know, them going after him because we didn't know if Deron was gonna, you right. know, it made sense. be back. It, it sort of kinda made sense, but I just didn't like it pick getting uh him picked there. And then uh my best my best and mm. I think we were talking about this earlier when we was talking about just value. Uh value value pick. is important with this. Um that's a big part of this. That's why Cam was my guy. Just strictly off of the value alone. Yeah. He knocks his draft position out of the park. Is it is it a cop out if I go Sam Howe? I mean, I love you know Cam what? Kerr. I, I didn't even think of that. And I, you know, I love me some slinging Sammy, but no, that's I would say Sam Howe. Um, okay, especially if he goes out and plays well over the next couple of games. Uh, and again, I've told Craig, I don't care if we win these games. Yeah, but if either. Sam Howe is out there putting up numbers, he's out there being able to avoid sacks. He's going through his progressions. He's uh, you know, using his legs, being a playmaker positioning himself to possibly be our team's franchise QB, that's what I want. What else you do know? you ask for? Exactly. And, I mean, the de- the defense can continue to be as bad as they've been all year. I want to continue to lose out. We got what we needed yesterday. We needed the Titans to go out there and win a game. Yep, they, they won. Did we it. needed the Giants to go out there and win a game. They did. The Bears won a game. And the Jets also won. So, that's strengthening our uh, draft position. So, that's all I want. I'm looking ahead to the next season, dog. Isn't that crazy? I wonder what Sports Talk Radio is like in Philadelphia right now or Kansas City. <laughs> Damn sure they're not talking about the draft. You can be certain about that. Just getting rolling, though, here on the Hoffman Show. First hour in the books. I'll, I'll guess I'll act like I know where Craig is because I do. Jury duty for the Hoffmeister. Just being a good citizen. Can't ask for more from my pal, uh, Craig Hoffman. We'll take a quick timeout. We come back top of the 5 o'clock hour as we do each and every day here on the Hoffman Show. Not my beat. Joining us today for Not My Beat uh, is the co-host or the host of the Washington Commanders uh, Locked On Commanders podcast, our pal David Harrison. David, in that Commanders locker room on a day-in and day-out basis, and you heard what Montez Sweat 
had to say about that locker room on Sunday. We'll ask David his thoughts on Montez's comments and what he expects to see here in the final month of the season with the Burgundy and Gold. It's Team 980.